0: I'm Zarina Dimitrova, a strategic partner and mentor to businesses in the process of transformation. Join me on Grow & Learn as we explore a range of topics from personal development and career advancement to relationship building and financial management. With practical advice, inspiring stories and expert interviews, we'll give you the tools you need to thrive in every aspect of your life. Join us as we share insights and strategies that can help you achieve your personal and professional growth objectives. Our guest today is Angela Johnson, certified scrum trainer, agile guide, and founder of Collaborative Leadership Team. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Grow & Learn podcast. Today, we have a very interesting episode with a with a, a techie woman. We don't have this very often talking about... Um, well-being and employee engagement. we don't get to meet a lot of women in the male-dominant world, but we have Angela Johnson with us. She's an agile coach and scrum master and the CEO of the collaborative leadership team. And I'm going to let her introduce herself to give you all the benefits of hearing it from the horse's mouth. What is it to be Angela Johnson, a woman entrepreneur, a successful female entrepreneur?
1: Thank you so much. I did start out in more of a technology role. I did use to write code, I supported software systems, databases, stuff like that, and kind of fell into project management. But then the, the tech world kind of got enamored with this thing called Agile, more specifically Scrum, which is a way to work together and to pivot in the face of change. And so I kind of fell in love with that way of working And found that in marketing my services as a coach and as a trainer, a lot of companies were making money off of me, making money off of my services, and they weren't really adding any value to the process. So I thought, I could do this better. I could do this for myself. So 13 years ago, I founded Collaborative Leadership Team and started attracting like-minded individuals to my own team. And we've just grown and had a lot of fun practicing the very values and principles that we teach. And just before the pandemic hit, we added to our services business, we opened our own training and event center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in the United States. So that's really given us uh, a challenge in the face of a global pandemic to have to use those agile principles to adapt our business, you know, in the face of having to be closed and then how are you going to differentiate in this new market? So we've had a lot of fun with both of our, our brands, our core brand of co team, but then also our West End Conference Center here in Minneapolis.
0: Mm-hmm. So be, being a, f- a female in, in this male-dominated uh, industry, um, how many women
1: do you have in your team currently? What is the percentage of women to men? Well, currently it's a little bit of a challenge because there's only two of us. <laughs> uh-huh. I seem to hire, hire people based on their own skills and not necessarily on gender. I have had uh, more women in the past, but one of the things that I enjoy is mentoring. And one of my uh, female employees that was with me for quite a long time, she was with me for almost five years, I recently helped her transition out just because she was at that point where she wasn't growing anymore with us, but we very successfully helped her land in a role that challenges her. So I do enjoy uh, helping people transition out when they're ready. But so right now we have four guys on the team and we have two of us that are women. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So i um,
0: I'd like you to, to talk about uh, change management and agile, but maybe a little bit uh, later in the talk. Um, because we started with this thread line of speaking about female, um, entrepreneurs. So tell us your story. What is, what is the worst part? What are the worst, um, um, instances where you can share with us, um, that you were discriminated or mistreated, or you, you weren't treated properly as a, as a female. And what are the best, what, what is the best part of being a female? Awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the assumptions I think people make about you when you are a, f- a female and the agile and scrum stuff that we teach isn't formal. You know, we always say it's professional, but that doesn't mean formal. And so just because we're part of a team and we like to have fun. And I, I think I come across as younger, even though I'm not, you know, don't let the way I act fool you when we wanted to open our own center, I had the toughest time. There was a center that we used to use that um, had sold to new ownership and it wasn't going very well. It was really um, poor quality and the furniture was dodgy and outdated. So it started to reflect on my brand. I didn't want to hold my events there. And lo and behold, the people who bought that business couldn't make their rent. They were, they were in, in danger of going out of business. And it was two brothers. It was two men who owned that business. And so I approached the landlord and asked to take over the lease because they were marketing it. You could publicly go see, you know, that they were trying to get a new tenant. And uh, the way he treated me, wouldn't return my calls, you know, dodging, showings. I, I remember one day I said to this man, I have never had so much trouble trying to hand someone a check in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, just not even taking me seriously, almost like you silly little girl playing business. So the woman on my team that I was talking about earlier walked right across the street to, the bil- to one of the competitors to a different building. And here was this wonderful space that was 8,000 square feet. And it was just one big slab so we could imagine our own space. We could create it from scratch. I talked to the leasing agent and I said, "What, what do you need to get this done today? Like, what, what, what do I need to do to hold this space?" He's like, "Yeah, get yeah. me a check, and this is done, and the rest is history." Mm-hmm. And I will tell you um, a little piece of satisfaction from that story is the, the the man I'm talking about, the leasing agent who didn't treat me very well, was in this building after we had opened. And after we were back open to the public, you know, after the pandemic nonsense and uh, he stopped in and he was like, oh, I, I I just had to stop in because this, this became a reality. Oh, (laughs) yes, it did. My friend. (laughs) Yes, it did. (laughs) So a little, little satisfaction there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) And, and so is that the worst or the best story? <laughs> that one
1: is the best, <laughs> the best outcome of the worst story. Okay. <laughs> the, the best outcome for the worst story. Uh, probably the best experience I've had as a female entrepreneur is getting recognized for for doing that. And here locally, I'm sure you have something similar where you live in the world, but there was a local publication um, the Minneapolis Star and Tribune uh, newspaper, they did an article on me when I opened this space and they, they have a movers and shakers column. And so I was featured in that article for what I was trying to do, not only being an entrepreneur who started a services business several years ago, but the fact that I was vertically integrating within my business. It's like, oh, hey, we need space to hold our events instead of paying somebody else, I'm going to do it for myself, right? And, and also offer that service to other people. So that was very satisfying to get recognized as a, a woman who's you know carving her own path in the world.
0: Beautiful. Congratulations on that. Thank you. So uh, have you seen any discrimination in terms of pay or um, the way um, help was provided to you when you when you come on board in a company and try to turn it around
1: or uh, I- implement the agile uh, approach? I will say that being your own boss helps, you know, when you have to figure out what your paycheck is going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I always say I'm a, a broken corporate employee <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> I, can, I can structure that any way I want to. But when you talk about asking for Rates because you and I are both in a services function. You know, we both market our services as coaches and trainers. And so I do know for a fact that my services um, are are excellent, but I do know for a fact that uh, some of the men in my field get higher rates, you know, and and certainly get higher uh, pay for some of their classes. And so I've had a really tough time in the last couple of years saying, here's the line in the sand you know, I could negotiate on price because people try to push back and then they try to get me to drop my price. And I feel like sometimes they do play on my emotions a little bit as, Mm -hmm. as a female. Whereas, um, one of the men on my team, I've noticed that even though he's less experienced, he will give a higher rate. He'll quote a higher rate and people won't bat an eye and they'll pay it. So I'm, I have learned to use that to my advantage, to kind of market him as the salesperson, if you will. And then I take myself out of that equation. If I feel like I'm dealing with somebody who doesn't discriminate against, or, you know, give a gender bias, then I won't necessarily pull a teammate into the mix. Mm -hmm. But I have found that I have had to do that, even in this day and age when we hopefully we're over those things. But no, sometimes they linger on.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, well, Tell us a bit about Agile and and what exactly is the approach that you're implementing? What kind of projects you're working on? It's a very large scope. I guess it's not only uh, IT, Agile, but what is it that you're doing exactly?
1: Yeah, so Agile is kind of an umbrella term that could mean a number of different frameworks. Scrum is the popular one. And if you're familiar at all with the game of rugby, or maybe you've even heard of rugby, and you see the, the formation, the huddle, They call it a scrummage where the team gets together and tries to get the ball moving in the same direction. That's the metaphor that Scrum is based on. So, if we think about individual contributions or people all off doing their own thing, a company may not necessarily meet their goals and objectives if its employees are pulling in different directions. But when we band together and we're all focused on the same goal, Now we're more likely to meet those goals and objectives. So Scrum is one of the more popular agile choices, definitely popular in IT like you noted, but we also have a lot of companies that have nothing to do with IT. I've enjoyed working with a lot of manufacturing clients or clients who make um, hearing devices, and I don't necessarily mean hearing aids, but like this stuff, right? Headphones Headphones. or like AirPods and, and earbuds and things like that. We even have um, some construction clients trying to work in a more agile way so that they can deliver value more readily to their customers.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. So um, how connected is the agile approach or agile transformation to corporate culture? Is there a way you integrate corporate culture in your work?
1: Yes. It's everything. It's everything. You know, we like to say that the culture follows the structure. You know, it's kind of like the weather. Culture is an effect. The weather is an effect. If we said, oh, we want to change the weather today. Haha. Wouldn't that be nice? We'd have to change the underlying structure. We'd have to change cloud formations. We'd have to change temperatures. Well, if a company wants to change their culture, they have to look at the underlying structure. If their underlying structure is very command and control, very top-heavy, uh, authoritarian-based, do what I say, how I say it, when I say it, uh, they're in for a shock with agile, especially Scrum, because we talk about empowered teams of people. You know, Let the people closest to the work tell you what's going on and how to do it better and whatnot, and that will poise us to be more nimble in the face of change. And so you mentioned change management which is a popular discipline for companies that are wanting to change their corporate cultures and so agile requires that kind of change management. It requires thinking differently and then that's going to mean changing some structures. But there's so many leaders out there who will just think it's like a new buzzword and they'll, they'll say, oh yeah, yeah, we want to change except for that. Oh yeah, yeah. We want to change. You know, tell me how this fits in the way we're structured. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it means changing some of the structures. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so, crucial.
0: So, so do you find that uh, many of your clients are actually um, businesses that are uh, corporates or do you see, um, small businesses with the owner that is working as a CEO? Or do they not want to hear about a change in structure structure at all?
1: Um, interesting, because our own firm seeks out the small companies you described. We prefer that. It's not that the big corporations or big business doesn't want to do this. They do, you know, because their leaders read an article in Gartner and they saw agile as the buzzword, so they want to do it but the likelihood of them actually changing is lower than a small privately held company that's run by an entrepreneurial spirit or an entrepreneurial minded individual because if it's a privately held company and small and I guess I should tell you what I what I mean by small I would say you know 5000 or less to me is small 5000 employees or less uh-huh. is small okay. you know you start getting Tens and 20,000 employees, like there's a large healthcare company we worked with that's got 26,000 employees globally, they weren't going to change anytime soon, right? That was just buzzword, buzzword, buzzword. On the flip side of that, the small entrepreneurial companies we work with, those owners sometimes have to change. We had one company that was in danger of going out of business because it was taking them on average 18 months to get their product into the hands of their customers and the quality was really poor. So they were starting to trend in the red and being in danger. So they said, we have to do something radical. So they were on board with this radical change. And in implementing Scrum and getting their people to work together more effectively, they started fulfilling customer orders after 18 weeks instead Amazing. of 18 months. Mm-hmm. And so they're just, they're one of my, my greatest success stories. And they're about 50 people, right? About 50 people privately held, but with a real uh, uh, motivated leader mm-hmm. who wanted mm-hmm. to make those changes. Would you say that's the first step
0: you take? You speak to the, mod- to the leader and um, try to establish their motivation
1: or what is the first thing you actually do? We do like to talk to the leader and we might be a little different than other organizations. Other organizations might just, you know, we're both in services industries. And so it's hard sometimes when, you know, a request comes in and we want to say yes to everything that comes in the door sometimes, but the opportunity cost that that can, you know, bring can hurt your business because now if we're busy helping somebody that doesn't really want to change or has no business, you know, ever intention to change in their business, it prevents us from being available for those opportunities where we can make real change. So we ask to have a conversation with the leader who says they want this change, because that's very revealing. That tells us a lot about their motivations or their intentions, if they ever plan on doing this or not. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and walk us through the process. What happens next? What do you do then? I, I understand there are some frameworks in Scrum. So how, how does it work? How do you define which framework to apply? Or I'm really not well acquainted with, with the process, so I'm curious to know as well.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a really great question because a lot of people use the word agile and Scrum is one of the agile approaches. But when you say agile, it could mean a lot of stuff. It could mean extreme programming. It could mean feature-driven development. Scrum is popular, though, and I think it's popular because of what you said. It is a framework. It gives you a little more prescription about how to do some of this stuff. So the very first thing we have to do is educate. I like to start by educating the leaders because I will always err on the side of letting that leader save face. I am a leader of a small company, so I want to know... What kind of change does this involve? What are the pros? What are the cons? Before we start engaging with their people. Because people will sometimes look like they're resisting change when the reality is they're just confused. They just don't know what the change means to them. So a more effective approach is educating the leaders so that they can confidently say to their teams of people, we're going to try this new framework here's what it means to you. You know, this is the way your job used to look. Here's the way it's going to look now. Because if I just go to train the people doing the work, they're going to ask me, well, what does this mean for my job? What does this mean? I don't know. I'm not your boss. You know, so we really have to equip those leaders to be prepared with that messaging. And then we educate the people and start making those changes. So it has to start twofold with education at the top, right, with the leadership. And then also with the people who are going to execute this. And then we start talking about putting the framework in place.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, how how is this actually different from any other type of change management um, initiative? How is Scrum different? I I know that it takes on the grassroots. This is as much as I know about the framework, but uh, the Agile framework. Mm -hmm. Um, But how long lasting can you say this change is comparatively to other changes that can be implemented in a company. And, and do you see long lasting results?
1: You can see long lasting results if people are committed to doing it, because it's not something you do in addition to work. It's a different way to do work. And so once people can sustain this new way of working for themselves, it just becomes second nature. But, you know, with any change management initiative, or any way of working, I think it comes down to the will of the leader. Hmm. And I I see more so with those big corporations that maybe are even publicly traded. You know, they may have shareholders or a board. You see some high turnover in the C-suite. You know, you Hmm. see the CEOs, the operating officers, and so on turn over. And it seems like whatever leader then is appointed, brings their own toolkit or their flavor of the day, you know, way of working, which can put the employees through quite a lot of change, right? They get kind of whipsawed with, oh, here's another, here's another fad. Here's another flash in the pan. Yet, if I look at our team's more successful clients, they are privately held. They are small, 5,000 people or less. And I do see more longevity, with these changes. But I also see that correlating to the fact that the leaders are in place longer in those privately held companies than some of the big, you know, publicly traded corporations. Mm-hmm. So would you say then it's, it really
0: depends to a large percent on who is, who's the leader? Who's at
1: the helm? Yep. Who's
0: at the helm? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> who is steering? Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely
0: hmm and, and you also coach, right, uh, yourself personally on an individual mm-hmm. basis, apart from um, doing projects. Mm. What is your approach? Do you coach, do you mentor or what
1: kind of people approach you? What, how do you help them? Yes, that's a great question. I actually prefer the word mentor and I'm glad you said that. I feel like the word coach is getting watered down out there. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about that in your same. practice, but right. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, yeah. poof. Everybody's a coach. <laughs> you know? It's like, really? So I, it's, it's quite degraded. Now it, it, it used to be the same
0: for the word consultant. When people used to hear consultants, they would run away. Like that's like the, uh, it was almost like a dirty word at some point. And I, and I yeah. feel that's the,
1: trend for coaches now. <laughs> I agree. I'm so glad you use the word mentor because that's actually what it says on my page, right? You know, my personal page where if people want my help, I call myself a guide and a mentor because sometimes people get dogmatic about the word coach saying you're not supposed to give any advice. You're not supposed to give, you know, any examples. It's supposed to be just all about them. Well, I got to tell you, people are new to some of these ways of working they will struggle and they want to hear from us as people who have experience or who have made these changes. And so they do want to use you as a sounding board or to bounce some things off of, hey, tell me some examples or tell me about a time when you had somebody in my shoes or somebody, you know, in a similar situation. So I engage with individuals. If their company won't um, sponsor any kind of mentoring or guiding, I do get individuals that come to me and say, my company won't pay for this, but I really want to grow in this discipline. Can you help me? And I tend to excel in the Scrum and Agile spaces, but I have also started offering help to small female business owners you know, who want to do something similar because I'm in my 13th year, so I must be doing something right. You know. I'm, I'm still around. And then organizations will engage us as well. So executives and organizations, when they do have a budget to bring somebody in, will engage our team for coaching and mentoring assistance. I do make sure that they understand that if it's done as intended, it should be temporary. Because if Scrum or if Agile or any different way of working is their goal, you shouldn't have to hire somebody from the outside indefinitely Right. That that seems odd, right? It's like, oh, yeah, right. let's add more people and call it efficient. What? Um, so that I'm very clear with them that we're going to talk about what their goals and objectives are. And then as we start working together, if things are going well, my services should taper off. They should at some point no longer be needed if we're both doing our our jobs as intended mm-hmm. because they should be able to sustain the new changes for themselves. So I do get engaged individually uh, in the unfortunate event when companies won't invest in their employees. And then of course we do engage with corporations or companies directly too. Yeah.
0: What would you say is your biggest learning that you can impart on our audience regarding female entrepreneurship based on your experience? What have you learned that is that you find most precious?
1: I would say be fearless right it's you're going to get knocked down we all we all do but get back up right persevere because you just wind up making your your critics and the the people who are negative you just wind up making them right if you quit don't don't give them that luxury <laughs> <laughs> be fearless keep learning get back up and keep going beautiful
0: Thank you so much, Angela. How can people reach you and what is um, on offer at the moment in the leadership?
1: Yeah. In the collaborative leadership team. (laughs) It is a mouthful, isn't it? It's like, oh, in hindsight, why did I use so many words to (laughs) to describe my company? But we are just at collaborative leadership team.com. Thankfully, if you abbreviate it, if you do co lead team, we still pop up right? So if you just still come out to co com or collaborativeleadershipteam.com, click on our About Us page and you'll find our coaching offers. But I'm happy to have a complimentary conversation with anybody that listens to this that wants to reach out. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your
0: experience and everyone go to co <laughs> Yes. Thank you, you so put much. The link below. I'll put the link below as well. Thank you so much, Angela, for sharing your experience. Thank you for listening to Grow & Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging, and inspiring. Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow & Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.